0: This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more.
1: So that's really our financial goal is to kind of Go from financial freedom, which I I really think that's where we are today, and transition into financial independence, where you stop worrying altogether and really change your lifestyle a little bit to match how you want to live it rather than how you have to live it.
0: This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids & Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today, we're going to do two things. First, I'm going to share how to throw a budget party with your spouse. And second, we're back with another mortgage freedom segment. This week, we're featuring Stephen Donovan, who paid off his mortgage through house hacking. What is house hacking, you might ask? Well, you're going to learn more about that mortgage-crushing financial superpower today, my friends. All right, let's jump into today's show. Nicole and I have had some incredible financial wins during our short marriage. We eliminated 48000 bucks of debt. We paid off our $195,000 mortgage and we increased our net worth by over 800,000 bucks all in the last 9 years. And the one tradition that has been constant throughout the entire process has been our budget party. Yes, our budget party. The budget party is a monthly get-together that's meant to set aside time for Nicole and I to have important conversations about our financial future together. We review how we've used our money from the previous month, what we want to do with our cash this next month, and then how we're tracking on our overall financial goals. Outside of the obvious financial benefits of this activity, these meetings are great for our marriage. We discuss what's important to us, how we're going to get there together, and how we see our relationship growing over the years to come. We've got Two small kids in the house, right? So time for discussion, marital conversations, is quite limited. The budget party sets aside time for us to have conversation, and it just makes me feel closer to my wife. If all this financial growth and marital relationship building stuff sounds interesting to you, well, I've compiled 10 easy steps for you to build your own budget party. This way, you can create your own monthly meeting and strengthen your family tree for years to come. All right, here we go. Number one, schedule a date on the calendar. The easiest, by far the easiest and the hardest step in the budget party process is to simply make time for it. Today, block a couple hours on your calendar for a date and time that works well for you and your spouse. This way, you won't forget it. Simply placing it in the to-do list or, you know, that list on your phone of stuff you got to get done, it's just not going to do it. When you have it physically booked on your calendar, like the other important meetings and appointments in your life, you tend to take it a little bit more seriously. This is your marriage and your money we're talking about here. It does not get more important than that. Nicole and I use this handy trick. We sync up our iPhone calendars to make this process a lot easier. If you don't have an iPhone, you can do this with a free Google calendar or even just a plain old wall calendar. Whatever flavor you choose, just book it. Get it on the schedule. Number two, make it fun. If you've got a couple hours to hang out with the love of your life and plan your future, Add some fun into the mix. Order some pizza, drink a glass of wine together, or sit outside on a beautiful day. Treating it anything like a business meeting can make the process a lot more fun. Again, with those two kids at home, Nicole and I often take our budget party to a, what's called like a kid play place where they've got Wi-Fi and the kids can run around like they're crazy people and go down slides and stuff like that while Nicole and I plan out our month. Number three, discuss your financial dreams together. Now this, my friends, is where the magic happens. What's gonna be your driving motivation for doing your budget party each month? Why are you paying attention to your money besides because you're supposed to? This is the question you have to ask as you move forward. When Nicole and I started minding our money, it was for one very specific reason. She didn't love her job and she wanted the opportunity to raise our new daughter at home. So that became our driving force. Let's eliminate our debt and modify our lifestyle so we can live on one income only. That was our thing. That was our driving force. So what are your dreams? What are your spouse's dreams? Ask that question to your spouse. Ask that question of yourself and find out where you guys can meet in the middle on something to work on. Perhaps you want to start your own business or switch your career or adopt a child or give more to charities you love or just simply reduce the stress that comes with not being in control of your money. This is your time to discover your dreams Together. And as you're going through the budget party process, remind yourself of this goal, this dream that you guys both agreed upon as you're moving forward. Number four, choose a budgeting tool that makes the process easy. The world of fintech has made budgeting incredibly easy, my friends. There are so many tools available today that can help you save time and money. Here are some of my favorites. Mint, Nicole and I have been using this for eight years. It syncs your accounts in real time and has just been our go to. Tiller, this one is a spreadsheet based system and it allows you to easily customize things to your heart's content. Personal Capital, I really like this one for tracking your net worth. It also does budget systems and much, much more. YNAB, or you need a budget. This is a extremely detailed app that allows you to easily track your financial goals and has been in the mix for quite some time. People love this one. And then the last one I'll share is Zeta. This one is specifically designed for couples in mind. This is a newer company. We just had the founder on our show to share how the company came together as well as their philosophy for helping couples mind their money. So those are five tools you can choose from. Some are free, some have a small subscription fee, but you know, they're, they're so minuscule in the grand scheme of what you're trying to do here that investing on a tool just totally makes sense. (laughs) If you don't like the idea of using an online tool or online system, don't worry about it. Just break out the old pencil and paper and start to get to work. Number five, create your budget. Whether you're using a budget app or a pencil and paper, you're going to start by detailing your monthly income. A lot of people know this, right? Include your salary, your spouse's salary, maybe the business income you have, or any investment income. This is the money you have to use each month. And then you're going to move on to estimating your monthly expenses. Start with the big three. That's housing, transportation, and food. So housing, you got your mortgage, you rent, transportation, you got car payments, things like that. And then food, this is groceries, eating at restaurants, the, you know, the times you go out to lunch with your buddies at work, stuff like that. Calculate all of this up so you get an understanding of what you are spending per month. These three areas can often take up a great deal of our income. So this is a great place to start. If you're not sure how to calculate or how to estimate these big three expenses, grab a copy of your latest credit card statement or a bank statement, grab a highlighter, and see what your recent spending's been in these areas. Then move on to all the other expenses in your life, like utilities, debt payments, childcare, entertainment, clothing, things like that. Now, if one of you in the relationship is more excited about this Detailed process than the other, then allow that person to take the lead, right? Just make sure, whatever you do, that your spouse agrees with these allocations that you've set. This way, you're moving down this path of financial improvement together. Number six, review the budget in alignment with your goals. Now that you've constructed your budget, it's time to give it a once over and make sure it's set up to achieve your goals. If you're hoping to pay off all your debt in the next couple of years, but you don't really have that much set aside to make the debt payments, then things need to be adjusted a little bit. On the flip side, if your budget feels really tight for you and your spouse, like all work and no play, then find a happy medium that works for the both of you. You're going to want to find a budget that allows you to work towards your goals and not cause too much difficulty in your relationship. This is Andy speaking from experience here. (laughs) It's important that you and your spouse are on the same page before the budget is set for the month. Number seven, check in on non-financial topics in your marriage. While the main goal of the budget party is to improve our financial lives, It doesn't have to all be about money. Use your time together to discuss upcoming events, plans with friends, date night, kids sporting activities, or future vacations. Yeah. Actually, as I'm saying all of these things, they still have to do with money, but you know what I mean? (laughs) I got to be honest with you. Our marriage feels off when we haven't had our budget party because Nicole and I haven't taken time to plan it out together. We get so much done during this session that it just sets us up for a good month together. So we've set ourselves up to need this meeting now, which is great. It's great for us. Number eight, stay consistent. Before your budget party ends, make sure you schedule the next one. Like anything in life, it's easy to forget it if it's not on the calendar. I'm repeating myself from before, but you gotta do it. This ritual proves to your spouse that this activity is important to you. These meetings and your consistency with them shows your spouse that you wanna get your money situation on track and have your family thrive. Your drive and your determination is gonna make your spouse want to jump on board and help your family win. So be a positive light in your marriage with this process and stay consistent. Number nine, realize the first few sessions won't be easy. If this is your first time budgeting or working the numbers with your spouse, there's gonna be a lot of mistakes, right? Don't get discouraged. It's just like riding a bike. You weren't a pro in the beginning, but after a few times around the block, it's no big deal, right? Reminds me a lot of where I am with my son. He just started riding his bike a few months ago and he was frustrated in the beginning, but started to get it and then it clicked, right? Another thing where we might find a little frustration is that you might not agree with your spouse on certain money decisions, right? Try practicing empathy and truly listen to your spouse's concern. Don't just wait for your opportunity to respond. Listen and see where they're coming from. But make sure to respectfully voice your opinions as well. It's not a one-sided thing, right? (laughs) Again, I'm speaking from experience here. If you hear your spouse out and they hear you out, I think everybody's really looking to find a great middle ground to make something work. Number 10, celebrate your wins. When you've reached a big milestone in your financial journey, be sure to stop, breathe it in, and celebrate. The two of you are making incredible strides in your relationship and your future family happiness. You need to acknowledge this. Let's say you've worked together for a year and you finally paid off all of your credit card debt. It is time to put the party in budget party. <laughs> get a bottle of champagne, have dinner together, share the news with friends and family, or even a random dude who hosts a podcast that likes to share this news with people. (laughs) I'm talking about me, by the way. Seriously, if you want to contact me and let me know, big news, I'd love to share it. By making epic financial moves in your relationship together, you are creating epic memories together. Those memories are going to be the ones that you look back on and say, Remember when we did that, honey? That was that was awesome. That's what life's really about, right? It's a series of memories. So go make some incredible ones with the love of your life today. Okay, so those are my 10 steps for throwing a budget party with your spouse. Here they are again quickly. Number one, schedule a date on the calendar. Number two, make it fun. Number three, discuss your financial dreams together. Number four, choose a budgeting tool that makes the process easy. Number five, create your budget. Number six, review the budget in alignment with your goals. Number seven, check in on non-financial topics in your marriage. Number eight, stay consistent. Number nine, realize the first few sessions won't be easy. And then number 10, celebrate the wins. It's little rituals like the budget party that can make our marriages awesome. So enjoy. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Telo, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up, the code is valid until April 19th, 2024. marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Telo. Thanks for considering our sponsors, everybody. Let's jump back into the show. Do like to own your home outright? What would it feel like to never make a mortgage payment ever again? On our mortgage freedom series today, we're going to interview someone who paid off their mortgage through house hacking. What is house hacking? You might ask. Well, we're going to learn more about that today. Stephen Donovan is our guest today. Stephen is a money coach, and his financial advice and his inspirational story has been featured in Go Banking Rates. Bigger Pockets and Rockstar Finance. Welcome to the show, Stephen.
1: Hey, thank you, thank you for having me. I like that introduction. Wow, Very I feel good. I feel pretty good. Well,
0: <laughs> you're doing great things, man. Let's talk about them today. So, let's talk about this this first home. How did you come across buying this first home in Miami?
1: Yeah. So it actually, I didn't purchase the home. So so my wife, the smart one in the family, which usually is how that always happens. Um, so she actually purchased the home in 2009 before, um, before we were actually married. Uh, she was single. We might've been dating. It was kind of like right in between. So she purchased that home in 2009 as a foreclosure in Miami, Florida, as an investment property, really. She was looking for really someplace to put her money and, you know, kind of, we, we joke, but stop buying clothes that were for work, <laughs> as, as she says. And yeah, started putting her money towards something, you know, something good as an investment.
0: That's awesome. So you said uh, foreclosure in Miami. So was this like 2010, 2009, something like around that time frame?
1: Yeah. So she bought it in June, July, somewhere around there of 2009. Oh, so wow. Yeah. <laughs> so she got a deal.
0: So foreclosure city. Awesome. Okay, that's great. So you got a great deal on that one, and then and then I understand you had a second home in Chicago. So tell us about that. How you came across that one as well.
1: So we ended up really. So we got married in 2011, and then we lived in Chicago for a year, trying to figure out, you know, Chicago in general. There's so many, you know, big city, a bunch of different neighborhoods, and then we ended up buying or coming across a neighborhood we really liked. And we found a home that was a multi-unit. So which is, uh, there's a lot of Chicago brick homes. And then this one is a multi-unit where there was two different units. Uh, So we lived on the top floor and then it was a renter on the first floor. And then we actually fixed up the garden or basement as well and included that as part of a rental. So lived on the top, rented the first and the garden apartment. And yeah, we, we bought that in I believe two thousand twelve, so a year after our marriage.
0: So it's still still a pretty good time to buy a house, you know, during this this period of time that we've had over the past ten years.
1: Yeah, and not not intentionally, but uh, it was also a foreclosure.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. So yeah, worked so out. Why'd you guys decide a multifamily for the place in Chicago versus like single family? Was that just how things are in Chicago or did you say, Hey, no, we want this to be an investment?
1: Yeah, it, you know, I think we kind of went down our kind of went down the journey. It went all over the place. Uh, we started out looking at single family homes, multifamily homes. And I feel like we were all over Chicago. And in, like in a lot of cases, I literally was all over Chicago um, checking out places. So, you know, thanks for my realtor, Mike, for going with us all the time. But yeah, you know, we started looking and then really what it came down to is we knew that, you know, eventually we were going to be more involved in real estate. And then we also started thinking with the houses that we were looking at, you know, we'd look at a $200,000 single family house and then we'd look at that same $200,000 multifamily house. And then you start, you're, so you're essentially comparing apples to apples, but now you have the opportunity to rent it to someone else and really reduce your mortgage further. And it just, it just made sense. And I'm one of those people who, if something makes sense and it's a common sense type thing, uh, I'm probably going to go with it.
0: Cool. So it sounds like you and your wife were on the same page when it uh, came to picking the right house. And then, how did you guys decide to pay down the mortgage? When did that When did that come up?
1: Yeah, you know, like I feel like like everything. It's kind of uh, I wish it, That's how it started, and we we're like moved into the house, and you're like, yes, we need to pay this off immediately. Um, that That didn't happen. Um, <laughs> but so I actually was in. Uh, I had a lot of personal debt, so I had student loans, the credit cards, all of that, right? And I was on my financial journey to pay off my student loans. I was very serious about it. And I was kind of looking ahead a little bit. I said, okay, you know, I can pay this off. But I saw a little window into and started reading a lot more about financial independence. I was like, okay, this, this, I like this. This seems like a good idea. (laughs) And, you know, so we weren't making any payments on the mortgage that were, that were extra. So really what I did is I said, okay, we could pursue financial independence and how can we do that right this second with what we have and it ended up being the house and paying down the mortgage because if we could pay down that mortgage we'd then be able to earn more rental income once that house is paid off and my wife also was on board with that especially because she you know we did have these additional funds and they unfortunately they weren't doing anything we were just making a regular payment and then for I believe it was two to three years, that money, I, like I honestly couldn't tell you where it went. <laughs> I wish it was you know some cool boat or something that we had or <laughs> an extra house somewhere, but no, it was just like you got done and you were you're like, why didn't the the mortgage payment go down? It's like, well, you're making regular payments. So
0: wow, and, and so just to be clear with everybody, you're talking about paying down the house in Miami versus the one in Chicago, is that right? <laughs>
1: Correct, yeah, we decided to go about it that way because of two reasons: really, uh, nobody hates your debt more than you do, and so my wife did not like this mortgage payment very much and, and then also really it, it, again, it made sense for her. She was really on board with it, and it, it, it was it was a motivating factor
0: excellent and it sounds like you guys were doing long distance landlording from from two thousand eleven to present day or or wherever you were in this, in the story. How did that go with your, with your wife finding tenants from a distance? And yeah, how how did that all work?
1: Yeah, it was, so she handled, I'll say she handled everything Mm -hmm. from, you know, thousands of miles away. So yeah, she was her own property manager, finding renters and we had some, uh, I'll say some luck involved with it. Of course, that street had more street traffic, so you could put a sign out there and you'd get calls. You know, that's not going to happen with every property, but also her family was very big in that. So they essentially played, you know, meet and greet. They played a little bit of the realtor for when, you know, they needed to show the home. You know, they cut the grass for a little while, you know, things like that. So they were definitely helpful. Without them, I, you know, I can't imagine, I mean, well, I mean, I can't imagine it just reduced a lot of, the income that was coming in.
0: Sure. It takes a village, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> so l-
0: let's talk about the house hacking portion of this because you, you guys buy the triplex, which it sounds like in Chicago, you live in one of the units and talk about what house hacking is and how you guys did that to help pay down your mortgage. The simple answer to
1: house hacking is you live in one part of your house and you rent out the other part. Whether it be a floor or, you know, some people do Airbnb, you have extra space in the back, garage, whatever it is, like there's multiple things you can do. In our case, it worked out where it was set up where essentially almost like uh, an apartment building is one way to look at it. And it was a brick unit. So we bought the house, did a little bit of fixing up. It was a foreclosure. It just needed a lot of updates. So we did put money into it and we had a, a different loan than your regular mortgage. So it was a 203k loan, which essentially allows you to lump it all together and make one payment before you really you ever move in and get everything done. So we're, you know, a nicer kitchen. You know, we tore down a garage that probably should have been tore down before anyways. know, uh, pipes were old. You know, you find out that they've got old, old pipes and you want some water pressure, you know, stuff like that. But with that, it also helped us to get higher rent. So our first renter that came in, you know, great guy. Uh, they stayed with us for a lit. I shouldn't say stayed with us. They rented the first floor for, I believe, I want to say three or four years. Uh, I mean, great guy, Chicago cop. He I actually took the call to um, to the first time when he was actually there was a like a resume thing where you had to. I had to vouch for him and say like, yeah, he's a good guy. He's not he's not throwing wild parties. He's not doing anything crazy. That's probably one of the reasons he stayed, I would think. Yeah. So we rented to them and we ended up also fixing up that that garden unit just a little bit later. We had some family members and a little bit of contractors as well come in and make sure that was, you know, adding adding a little bit of a kitchen and, you know, making the space work. But yeah, so we ended up having that rental income for both units while we paid our regular mortgage.
0: Excellent. So the money that you would receive from those two units, uh, can you talk about the financials? Like how much how much of that did, did that cover your mortgage payment? And how much did you send down to Miami to, to pay down?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. And I don't think everyone does it this way. And so maybe that's maybe one of the reasons we also paid down a little faster is so we decided that. We're we're debt averse people, we're risk-averse people. So we said, no matter what, we're gonna make the payments to our Chicago mortgage out of the salary that we earn. Mm-hmm. So my wife took half of you know the mortgage, made a payment, I took half of mine, made a payment. And then since she was responsible for the Miami home, she made that full payment to the Miami mortgage as well. So she was essentially paying one and a half times for the mortgage. And then we took essentially everything else that was gonna be earned from the first floor in Chicago, from the garden unit in Chicago, and from the Miami property. And we took all three, or yeah, all three of those payments, and we added that on to the Miami, Florida property for the additional principal payment.
0: Got it, that makes a lot of sense. So you took all of the extra income that you're getting from your rentals, threw it at the mortgage. So she bought this place in 2009. How long did it take for you guys to pay it off with these three rental units?
1: Yeah. So from 2009 to 2000, I'll say like 2013, 2013-ish, uh, nothing really happened. Uh, it was just regular payments. And then when we kind of put it in, you know, four-wheel drive, put it in fast forward, it took us a little over three years to to pay off our mortgage.
0: Wow. So with that intensity, with that focus, you guys did it in just three years. That's That's incredible. And how much I guess how much was the mortgage that you paid off then Um, I guess if you had to look at 2013 and say we paid this much off in our mortgage in three years
1: yeah so I know it started with two hundred thousand dollars I took out with the purchase of the home originally and then I need to check the exact figures in my head 189 is the number and then i feel like that's too high uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a range to 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 cover my bases and i'm gonna say 150 to 189
0: yeah that makes a lot of sense because 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 you're as you're saying you got the two hundred thousand dollar mortgage and in the beginning everybody knows when they have that mortgage barely any gets paid off in the uh, of principal gets paid off with your regular payment so that makes sense in that in that range so at a minimum, you're talking $50,000 per year was thrown at this mortgage to yep. uh, to get the thing down. That is that is incredible. Very cool. Very cool. So when you guys paid this off and, and you said uh, this was 2016, 2017, you paid it off?
1: Yep, the end of 2016.
0: Awesome. Very cool. So what did you guys do to celebrate? What changes did you make in your life after you were mortgage-free in this in this home that you had?
1: So what's funny about that is um, we had these big plans, right? We, Because we had been talking about this. You know, it's like, hey, we're going to pay off this mortgage. You know what? Let's do a big trip. Let's go to Italy. We we're like, all right, yeah, you pay this off. We're going to Italy. And then for whatever reason, it was just kind of like, all right, good. We paid off the mortgage. Good job. You know, like, <laughs> like high five. Rather than a big celebratory, you know, champagne toast and, and what have you in Italy. What we decided, it actually played a huge role in our lives and how it changed. So one thing that we talked about is once we paid off uh, that Florida home, there was talks we would then consider if a move was possible because now we no longer had, you know, two mortgages and, you know, we started to have extra income coming in. So what we ended up doing kind of our life, uh, you know, got turned flip upside down type of thing. And we ended up selling our Chicago property. We ended up moving to Miami, Florida, and we now live there full-time. Uh, it's a little bit of, um, are you familiar with Drake, God's Plan, by any chance? No. Okay. Well, it's, it's a song. It's okay. a song by him. Uh-huh. Um, and the idea is, you know, God's plan. But we actually had a pastor living in our home in Florida. And through whatever dealings, I, et cetera, his lease was like, it was close to coming up, but he actually ended up getting a calling to another church in Washington, D.C. right around the time that we were even considering selling our property. And it, everything worked out. He ended up moving, uh, I believe, a little bit uh, less than a month before we moved in. And now we live in Miami, Florida as our full-time rental property. So pretty big changes. That was kind of our big, uh, our big, I'll say our celebration, our change in life you know, instead of living with the in-laws and uh, buying that Airstream that I could throw in the backyard, which I talked about, I wanted that so bad. <laughs> oh, we are, we are, we're very happy. We are living in, uh, you know, living in Miami, Florida and really adapting to this new life and new lifestyle for us.
0: That's incredible. So yeah, you, you, you it was God's plan, not only, uh, you know, purposely for your move, but it was also somebody else's plan as well Is that. that yeah. This is all coming together. So, that, that's incredible. so You house hacked a place in Chicago so that you could then have what people might call your vacation lifestyle in (laughs) Miami. That is very cool, man. So congratulations. So now you're in this home in Miami. You guys aren't house hacking that one. You're just living there, just the two of you. Is that right?
1: Yeah, we're just regular people, just living living
0: in a house. (laughs) That is cool. So talk to us a little bit about the numbers for what happened in Chicago. So you guys bought this as a foreclosure in, I believe you said 2012. Is that right? Yeah. So we bought the Chicago home in 2012. Correct. Okay. So what did you guys buy it for? What did you sell it for? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So uh, the $200,000 mark is apparently our magic number, but uh, yeah, so we <laughs> bought it for uh, right around $200,000. But when we did the, the rehab, we actually put $50,000 into it upfront. So our mortgage was really right around $250,000. And then when we ended up selling it, we actually got way more than we had anticipated, which was obviously a great problem to have. It ended up going. We ended up getting multiple offers, and it ended up selling for four hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars.
0: Wow, that is awesome! Nice yeah. killing, man. You guys bought at the right time and sold at the right time. That is that is incredible. Very cool. Yeah. So, what are your uh, what are your future financial goals now living in Miami?
1: Uh, you know, nothing but, nothing but parties on South beach, but gotta, (laughs) gotta be able to afford that. No, no, I don't do that. (laughs) Um, but no, I would say our financial goals are, uh, I mentioned financial independence. So we are in the pursuit of financial independence and really changing our lifestyle as well. And I, and I say that not so much, not so much that it's this big 180 or this big change but I want to get it to be more about where my wife and I can do things more together. You know, I I'm doing like, I'm doing my thing, right. And I have a lot more freedom and I want to get that more to where my wife and I together are doing that. And, you know, and I don't know what that means with, you know, with her work. I don't know if that's going from 60 hours to 40 hours or going to, a, you know, a position that's entirely different. So that's really our financial goal is to kind of, Go from financial freedom, which I I really think that's where we are today, and transition into financial independence, where it just you stop worrying altogether and really change your lifestyle a little bit to match how you want to live it, rather than um, how you know you have to live it. Where you know you have to go to that nine to five, even if you got a great job, you know, you, do you do you have to, you know, do you have to go? So that's where we're at. I don't know if we're gonna quote unquote retire early and, and what have you, but the idea of having that option is, is something I'd, I'd really like to pursue.
0: That's incredible. Yeah, you've you've created the ability for you to have the option now. You've, you've paid off your mortgage and you're living in that house and your expenses are probably a lot lower than what they used to be. And now you guys have that flexibility. That's awesome. So, Stephen, there's somebody listening right now that also wants to be mortgage-free, that wants to live a life of options. What advice would you have for them if they wanted to pay down their mortgage?
1: Yeah, so... I say this to everyone, no matter, you know, uh, it's the simplest thing, but I I find it to be the best. Start with tracking your expenses. You just have to do it. And it and it's not that cumbersome. It's not you know, it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to pain you. If you know that you're spending a thousand dollars on groceries each month, you can decide if you want to spend two thousand or you want to spend five hundred. You just have to know where you are today and then you can decide where you want to move forward. So that would be the number one thing. But, you know, just tracking your expenses alone isn't going to pay off your debt, pay off your mortgage. But what I would do, and that is really focus on the big three and making sure that those debts are eliminated or at least reduced. Now, we know the mortgage, you want to reduce that as much as possible. But there's then your car. I know we have a, we have a couple hundred thousand mile uh, yeah. members in, in the house. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so getting that, you know, having that car for a longer period of time after you, you know, you pay it off. I mean, our car is 2007. It's got over 100,000 miles. Works fine. Um, gets me to where I need to be. So reducing, you know, reducing the big three. Uh, the the third one would be your groceries and your and your eating out. And those are really going to be your three biggest expenses. And if you can find ways to cut that, you can then take that and apply that to your mortgage. And I would even say to what matters most to you, you know, it might be your mortgage payment and spending more time with your family. Uh, It could be traveling. It could be a number of things. But if you really start to knock out the big three, you're going to make a big dent in the things that matter more to you.
0: That's incredible. I love that advice. It fits in so well. And it's it's not rocket science, everyone. It's exactly what Steven's talking about here. This can be done. It just takes a little bit of tracking and some discipline, right? So very cool. Stephen, where can people follow you, connect with you, and maybe want to work with you as their money coach?
1: Yeah, thanks, Andy. Well, even Stephen Money, my name is Steven. kind of matches up. But yeah, I'm on evenstevenmoney.com. Uh, there's the money coach page that's there. You can check it out. There's a lot of information. I blog there. I write there. Uh, I'm on social media as well, and you know, I'm primarily on Facebook. Uh, is I would say my my number one. I do some Facebook lives and you know some fun stuff there, or at least I'm having fun. I hope everyone else is. But yeah, you know, Twitter, all that good stuff. Twitter is my like uh, chance to connect with really other bloggers and what have you. But I'm definitely always taking questions and and all the good stuff. But yeah, that's where I'm at. Even Steven money.
0: Awesome, man. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you. House hacking your way to mortgage freedom. I love it. That is such a cool story. Here are my top three takeaways from my conversation with Steven Donovan. Number one, multifamily real estate pays. When you're living in one unit and renting the others in your home, you are setting yourself up for limited housing expenses or potentially no housing expenses. Since that could be the highest expense in our life, as we talked about earlier, that is a great area to make super limited in the start of your marriage. Number two, carve your own financial independence plan. Stephen and his wife got inspired by the great stories in this financial independence movement. And the concept that resonated with them the most was never having a mortgage again. They ran with that plan and they quickly eliminated it. And now they're set up for a life of less stress and more options. Number three, tracking your expenses opens doors. Like Steven said, and I talked about at the top of the show, a great place to start on your financial journey, no matter if you're paying off your mortgage or paying off a couple grand of credit card debt, is with tracking your expenses. It is super easy, but it is also really hard to get started. You just got to do it. So my friends, dream big, make a financial plan through budgeting, and make your dreams a reality just like Steven. Steven, thank you so much for sharing this awesome win with us. Your example is going to inspire others to crush the biggest debt in their lives as well. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do any one of these three things to support this show. Number one, connect with me on Facebook or Instagram at Andy Hill MKM. That's Facebook.com slash Andy MKM or Instagram.com slash Andy Hill Number two, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. And then number three, Share this episode with a friend who wants to take control of their money and achieve mortgage freedom like Stephen did. You can find this show and all the links and resources mentioned at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 148. And if you're new to the show, I would highly recommend you check out session 116, the 10 steps to young family wealth and happiness. You can find that at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 116. It is a great place to start. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Robert Collier. Success is the sum of small efforts, repeated day in and day out. Here's to taking the first step today, my friends. Carpe diem.